For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And the series has been what's in a name. And notice his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Just one verse. Let's read it together. Ready? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless the reading of your word. Amen and amen. We have looked, you may be seated, we have looked at his name being wonderful, and that he helps us with the dullness of life. Well, we ever, if we could ever grasp that he is wonderful, then he will help your dullness. Second, we looked, he's counselor, and he helps us in the decisions of life. And life is full of all kinds of decisions. We make, we make Hundreds of them uh, uh, in a week's time. And uh, I'm glad we got a divine counselor that will help us in the decisions of life. Well, tonight we want to look at the rest of his name as we conclude the list of names we see, how great he truly is. And I, I title this, Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Well, we know... First of all, he's wonderful. We know he's counselor. Well, tonight, let's look at the fact that he is the mighty God. Oh, I love that. He is the mighty God that helps us. Number one, he is the mighty God that helps us in the demands of life. One of the realities... Life has a lot of demands. And uh, I, I got a hunch uh, that we've had a lot of demands in 2018. I got a hunch we're going to have a lot more demands in 2019 as we enter into this new year. But I'm glad his name is the mighty God. In the Hebrew language, that means God's strong hero or king. Now, it's amazing in, well, I love the song tonight. It's amazing that that little baby born in Bethlehem that night, lying helplessly in Mary's bosom, held the universe together. Could you imagine? Time was invaded by eternity. The eternal one entered the realm of earth. But I got to thinking now, if I, if I wanted to describe this king, how in the world would you get the vocabulary? Well, I'm glad there was an old black preacher. His name was S.M. Lockridge that preached a message in the late 70s that probably does this is much justice as anyone that ever has ever preached it. 
So, fellas, you got that up in the volume up for me? All right, as they get that together. Darling, go back on and help these fellas get that thing going for me. They'll be back in a little bit, okay? But, uh, and this man preached, I want you to see this. And he probably describes it the very, very, very best that ever could. All right. And uh, we can watch this fascinating work on the computer here. Ain't this something? Something that's amazing, isn't it? All right. Donnie, next it out of that and just start over. Okay. Okay. Yep. The what? Exit out of all of it, Darlene, and start over. We need some more people back there. I'm telling you. Okay, let's back it up. The Bible says he's a king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. Now that's my king. Do you know him? No means of measure can define his limitless love. Well, well, he's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's impurely powerful. And he's impartially much. Do you know him? He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. Well, he's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's a fundamental doctrine of true theology. Do you know him? He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. Do you know him? My king is a key of knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Well, I wish I could describe him to you. But he's 
He's indescribable. He's indescribable. Yeah. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mouth. You can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. Yeah, he always has been, and he always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor, and he'll have no successor. You can't even beat him, and he's not going to resign. That's my Uh, I, I was wondering that that is this mighty king. As a mighty God, he can mend your broken hearts. He can move mountains of problems from your paths. He can mold your life and make you like Christ each and every day. He is a mighty God. He can maintain your soul and keep your eternally secured. As a mighty God, He can overcome difficulties. He can overcome diseases. He is the great physician that never needs a doctor. Isn't that something? He overcame danger and He overcame death. Great careers have been terminated by death in the grave, but not the Lord's. His claims were only confirmed by His death and His His claims were only confirmed by His death and resurrection. Tonight, I truly pray that we'll get a hold of the fact that for every demand of life, for every demand of life, He is a mighty God. The Bible says, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, and He helps us. In the demands of life. Do you have a life demanding something from you? Is there a demand tonight in your life that you absolutely don't know what to do with? He's the mighty God that can help us in the demands of life. Note with me number two. He's the everlasting Father. And as everlasting Father, He helps us in the dimensions, in the dimensions of life. In other words, He does this. He looks over our past, He looks over our, fu- our present, and He looks over our future, and He's got enough for all three of those areas of your life. That's amazing to me. He looks backwards and knows everything about our past. He is here tonight and knows exactly our present. But then He does something that no one else can possibly, possibly ever do. He looks into our future and He knows our future. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning 
and then everlasting tells us of His permanence and His consistency. Father tells us of His love and care in the midst of not only Him being uh, uh, permanent and consistent, but as a Father, He cares and loves and protects and provides. Note number A, He covers our past as the author of life everlasting. John 5, 24 said, Verily, what I say unto you, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. He covers our past as the author of life everlasting. There's nothing in this world. One of the, one of the greatest truths that we, if we could ever grasp this, it would change the way we live. There's nothing in this world that was designed to be permanent. Nothing in this world is designed to be permanent. The only thing that you and I have that's everlasting If you're saved, you've got an everlasting Father. You've got an everlasting God. You've got got someone that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So He covers our past as the author of everlasting. Number B, He covers our present as the answers to help our life. John 10, 10 says this. Now do you, are you listening? The thief coming not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. And I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Your answer for your present life is the Lord Jesus Christ. May I challenge you? Have you asked him? Have you, have you asked him today? Let's not talk about last week. Have you asked him today? Lord, what would you have me to do? What are the choices you'd have me to make? How would you like for me to conduct your life today? He is. He is. In our present, he has the answers to help our life. It's amazing I, that what we're going to do Sunday was birthed in asking God about 12, after 12 o'clock, uh, Monday night, I was asking the Lord, I need wisdom on, on, uh, how to, how to help this uh, individual and God, what would you have us to do? And, 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 and come very readily what to do. Jesus is the answer. Do you believe that? I mean, do you believe that enough to live life that way? He is the answer. Then number C, He covers our future and is the authority we look to. One of the great 
challenges of our day and our world that we live in now, it is struggles with authority. I'm amazed that we are um, we're a world that has that has so much of a challenge with authority. Um, it's amazing. There was a day that the um, I'll just use one illustration, just one illustration, and and to prove my point. There was a day the the office of a president of the United States was something that was honored and revered in our country. And now it's just used as a bashing place and a place to destroy some uh, an individual. And I'm, I'm, it's crazy what we're doing. And, uh, and that's just, that's just one area of authority. We're, we're, we're just, we're destroying the fiber of our country. And I'm not going to get political tonight, so hang on. We're destroying the fiber of our country because we're destroying the authority of our country. It's a shame. Now, I know that they probably are some, some bad cops out there. No doubt they probably are. But it's a shame that a cop has to wear a camera to protect himself in the day we're living. Uh, it used to when a, when a cop said, stop, don't come no further. Then the individual stopped. Now they demand the rights and keep coming. So the point is, he covers our future in his authority. We look to Matthew 21, 23, and that's why he said, And when he come into the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, by what authority dost doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? Now I love that. Here's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Here's the creator of the universe, the creator of the universe, and there's asking him, Who gave you the authority to teach like you're teaching? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I in likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. Now, I love this. By the way, don't get in debate with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to lose. I mean, you're just going to lose. All right? Notice what he said. The baptism of John... Whence was it? From heaven or of men? Now, basically he asked this question. John baptized. Now, was that from God, heaven directing John to do that? Or were men directing him to do that? Now listen to what they said. And they reasoned with themselves saying, if we shall say from heaven, he was saying to us, why did you not then believe him? If it was from heaven, why didn't you react? Why didn't you do something with it? Why did it not change you? Why, why didn't it affect you? And then they said, 
I love this. But if we shall say of men, we fear the people. For all hold John is a prophet. They said, boy, if we tell him this is a men, they're going to say, uh, uh, that crowd's going to rise up and they're going to say, who, what? John's a prophet? And they would attack them. I love this. And they answered Jesus and said, We can not tell. And he said unto them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. I love that. I just love that. You can't answer me. So I'm not going to answer you. He said, I can't do it. It was Christmas Eve, 1875, when the song leader of D.L. Moody was traveling up the Delaware River on a steamboat. It was a beautiful night as the stars sparkled like diamonds on black velvet. Our Sankey was asked to sing a song. He intended to sing a Christmas carol, but instead was led to sing the shepherd's song. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Much we need thy tender care. If thy pleasant pastures feed us, for our use thy foes prepare. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast brought us, thine we are. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast brought us, thine we are. That was a total stillness. The words and the melody flowed from Psyche's soul, echoed down through the deck and across the calm, grassy river. Never heart was touched. After the song had ended, a rough, weather-beaten man came up. Mr. Psyche, did you ever serve in the Union Army? Mr. Psyche said, why, yes, sir. In the spring of 1860, the rough-looking man said, Can you remember what you were doing if you were doing guard duty on a bright moonlit night in 1862? Psyche, to his surprise, said, Yes, sir. I remember that night. The man, the stranger said, Sir, I served in the Confederate Army. When I saw you at your post, I resolved that there's one Yankee that wouldn't go home. No offense, Bill. (laughs) There would be one Yankee that would not go home that night. I was hid in the shadows while the full moon shined upon you. I raised my musket and set my sights. And it was at that moment that you raised your head toward the heaven and you began to sing that song. I took my finger off the trigger and I started to wait till at least you were done singing. Then I was going to shoot you. 
the song you sang that night in 1862 so stirred and softened my heart because it was a song my mother sang to me when I was a boy. And my mind ran back to when I was a little boy. And I said, I just can't shoot him tonight. And that night, our psyche led him to the Lord and the man become a Christian. And see, we need to understand something. His name is Wonderful Counselor. He's a mighty God, but he's an everlasting Father. And as a Father, he knows all about you. He knows where you're at tonight. He knows those that are not here tonight because of physically they may not be able to be here tonight. But He knows exactly where they're at. By the way, He knows if they could be here tonight. But their heart's gone cold and He's able to warm their heart towards Him because He's an everlasting Father. Then last of all, Notice with me number three. He's the prince of peace. As wonderful, he helps us in the dullness of life. As counselor, he helps us with the decisions of life. As a mighty God, he helps us in the demands of life. And as an everlasting father, he helps us in the dimensions of life. But I must be honest, I love this one. As a prince of peace, he helps us in the disturbances of life. He helps us when life gives us those things that we're just not ready for. The first of 25 references to peace in the book of Isaiah. Throughout history, People have sought for peace. It's interesting for every year, for every year the world has had peace. There have been 13 years of war and turmoil. And the great thief of peace is sin. Isaiah 57, 20, But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest. Whose waters cast a mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith the Lord, to the wicked. Wow. There's no peace. A lot of times you and I as born again believers, we look at those that are living in sin and because of maybe their house and their car, they look like we look and they, man, they got it all. They got it all. But the truth is when they pillow their head at night, they have no peace. Because the Bible says there is no peace to the Lord to the wicked. But that individual that lives in just a, a small hut of a house that knows a Savior can pillow their head at night with perfect peace. Isn't that something? Psalms 28, 3 says, Draw me away 
Draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity, which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their heart. They promise peace, but there's no peace. The great giver, the great giver of peace is Jesus Christ. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Number eight, you need to secure a peace with God. Secure a peace with God. Romans 5, 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In an age of anxiety, and I can prove it, right now, now right now, in our nation, there is more antidepressant drugs being prescribed that's ever been prescribed in the, in the lifetime. I world before. Why? Because it's an age of anxiety and fear. And we need to peace with our God. I'm glad God said, Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. He's a prince of peace. And that peace begins with a peace with God. See, if you don't have peace with God, are you listening? I'm going to help you. Are you listening? If you don't have a peace with God, you're not going to have peace with no one else around you. Are you listening? A peace with God gives you a peace on the inside. And if you ain't got no peace on the inside, you ain't got no peace that'll work its way to the outside. And a lot of God's children, they're saved, they're born again, they're going to heaven, but they live in a world that's anxious, troubled. You say, how do you know? Look at their face. I'm honest, I believe if some smiled, I don't know what would happen. They may have to go get reconstructive surgery or something. He might mess them up because they never smile. They, they've always got this, this sad, long face, and you're saying, Well, what's wrong? I'm saved, but it's a killing me. <clears throat> there ought to be the peace with God gives you a peace with others. Ephesians 2.12 that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and having strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood, for He is our peace who made us both one and had broken down the middle wall partition between us. He said this. He said you can enter in and get help anytime you need it. Number two, secure peace with God. Number two, seek a peace of God. Ephesians 4, 6. Are you listening? Are you listening? I'm going to give you this. Don't miss this. Be careful for nothing. Did you get it? Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication 
with thanksgiving. Let your request be known unto God. He said, what do you need? What do you need tonight? What did you, what do you need tonight? He said, won't you come and ask me? And here's what he said. And the peace of God. Not peace with God. The peace of God. Which passeth all understanding. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I love that. Boy, we're tr- a lot of people are fearful and troubled and anxious and all of this stuff. And God said, I don't want you to be careful for nothing. And we all get in, in that fix sometimes. But he said, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. You know, some of our philosophy is, is why, why pray when we can worry? I mean, be reasonable. Why in the world do we ask God for it when we can worry ourselves today? I mean, I, I, I honestly believe some people, if they couldn't worry, they couldn't survive. They love worrying. I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm bad. I'm bad. I really am. I'm not, I don't do this good, but I'm working on it. Oh, that God's peace passeth all understanding. It means it's, it's uh, what passeth uh, a more excellent, superior, uh, and to surpass means to outflank. And God's peace will keep your heart and your mind. And then third, strive to be at peace among yourselves. Here's the way you do it. First Thessalonians five thirteen, and to esteem them very highly in love for the works that and be a peace among yourselves. Are you an instigator? Are you? Can I ask you a question? Are you a troublemaker? Do you like keeping scuttlebutt going and going and going and going? Do you like the drama? If you ain't got drama, you'll kick somebody's chance to get drama. Do you like drama? Do you like keeping some? Do you like being a troublemaker? But you'll be surprised. God ain't pleased with that. Never has been. Are you someone that's always, did you hear? Uh, did you hear what the preacher said? Did you hear what the preacher done? Did you hear? Oh. I worked a hickory chair. And I run that poster department. And uh, I made this woman mad. I mean, I made her mad. She started in January and kept a book on me for an entire year. She had every time I went to the bathroom, she wrote down everything I did for a solid year. And then she took that book into the president of Hickory Chair Company and told him what she had done. She handed him the book. And he read the book. And he called me to his office. He said, Mr. Stein, do you know that 
this, this, this woman, this person, I'm not, yeah, she was a woman, and this person has kept a book, not a lady, this person. She said, do you know that I have a book that I can tell you how many times you went to the bathroom on, on May the 5th? I said, really? <laughs> now, if you don't talk, that's critiquing. And he said, and I, I've read this entire book. I said, really? <laughs> and I, I didn't know what to, you know, what did. And the only thing he said was, he said, I need to do two things. He said, we're going to call this lady in the office. I'm going to talk to her. And then he said, I'm going to talk to your supervisor. And, and uh, he said, I tell you what, do I may, may, I may fire your supervisor. I said, don't do that. Because if he knew this was going on, he should have put a stop to it. And, and number three, the only thing I've got to complain in here, I don't hire you to tie down furniture. I don't pay, I don't pay you to, to work out there on the floor. I pay you to run my department. And all through this book, you're just, she's written it down, everything. Now, I'm sure there's some things I didn't, I didn't agree with. But I got to thinking, wow, are you that way? Do you keep books on people? As we approach a new year, let's learn to be gracious. And that graciousness needs to start in your house. Do you understand this? You're not godly if you're mean or junkyard dog in the walls of your home. There's nothing godly about that. Be gracious. Be kind. Be at peace with one another. It's just the truth. You can ask her. Me and Miss Steins have never fought much in life. We never had many arguments, but I got to thinking, when do we argue? When do we fight? When do we get in the bank? And it was on Sunday mornings. So you know what we done? I said, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to talk on Sunday mornings. We, we won't talk. And I mean, for several months there, we got up and, and we got ready for church. We did not talk at all. Now, we talked after church, but we didn't talk before church. You know why? Because I just said, we're going to take this away from the devil. We're not going to give him a place. And, and I said, if we don't talk, we won't get into it. You know, it's hard to argue if you don't say nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. And if you're just once talking, it's still hard to have an argument unless you argue with yourself. I guess somebody could do that. Anyway, the ideal thing is, is we need to learn to be at peace with ourselves. A lost in a dying world is going to hell at a breakneck speed. And sometimes God's people, they should never shame on you. God forgive you. I'm not even sure if you're saved if you do this junk. The lost world should never hear negative junk in the ch- from the church on the job. Why did you hear what our church doing last night? Bless brother. Lost people's over here listening and saying, Well, I'm glad I ain't saved. I'm glad I ain't lost. I'm glad I don't want them Christians. And they're going to hell at a breakneck speed. 
That means you need to agree. No, it mean, doesn't mean you're going to agree with everything. But it does mean this. The Bible says once, Psalm 133, I love this. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. He went on to say it's like that precious ointment upon the head. They would pour it on the, on the high priest's head. And that ran down his beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirt of his garments. He said, he says, like that oil, that would just, he said, it's just soothing and it just covers everything. He said, how good. Notice what, as a dew of Hermon, as a dew that descendeth upon the mountains of Zion, for there, now listen, for there God commanded the blessing. Even life evermore. What's in the name? That's wonderful. Helps us in the dullness of life. Life does get dull sometimes. Counselor? Helps us with the decisions of life. Mighty God? Helps us with demands of life. Everlasting Father? He helps us in the dimensions of life. And as a Prince of Peace, He helps us in the disturbances of life. That's all standard feet. You do, you've listened well tonight. And um, here tonight, the altar call is a very simple one. You have any need whatsoever, whatever's on your heart, if you have any need whatsoever, I want you to come find your place in this altar and ask God to help you tonight. Any need whatsoever.